today we have Miss Stella of a company called Women Doing It Afraid. We are going to take a deep dive today into what it means to have an agile mindset, uh, overcoming fears, as we know fears are normal in anything in life, and then also talk through limiting beliefs and how to get rid of some of those old limiting beliefs that no longer serve us. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Welcome, Stella. Thank you so much for coming on. And I would love for you to just begin by sharing your story and a little bit about your background and how you started Women Doing It Afraid. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm excited. Thank you, Liz. Um, So yes, my name is Stella Ehenacho. And a little bit about my background. So I'm a wife. I'm a mom to three daughters who absolutely rule my world. They are my (laughs) true bosses um and they're all under the age of six years old so yes mm-hmm. my hands are pretty busy um and so for my corporate you know corporate life i am a team lead um for the continuous improvement team and so what that really means is i work with um within the tech space helping engineers helping product managers look into their processes looking into our product and our people and see how can we ensure that our people are empowered to do their best work, um, ensuring that our processes are not um, heavy on waste and just ensuring that, you know, the environment is nurturing really. Um, and therefore my purpose um, journey, I am the founder of Women Doing It Afraid and I'm absolutely passionate about that. And like you said, you know, fear is something that everyone, absolutely everyone goes through. And why did I create the Women Doing It Afraid platform? And that was because I never, ever believed that I would be someone who would be afraid of anything. I mean, growing up, I felt like I could have an idea and go for it. I was, I, I, I was in my mind, definition of fearless, right? And so when I was in the UK, you know, I was an immigrant in the UK and I did my master's there. You know, I, I got the job. It was almost like I had my path set for me beyond my imagination. And then I had to move to the US and that was taking me literally out of my comfort zone. But it didn't translate to that then until I came to the US. And I was like, well, what is what is going on here? I didn't know anyone. Um, the, the houses were bigger. <laughs> Everyone was was nicer around here. And um, but it was almost like, well, I, I had an idea of what I wanted in the UK, but I'm not sure what I want now. And I thought it was going to be easy plug and play. And then when I came, I realized it wasn't as easy as that. I had to figure out what my new environment was, right? I had to figure out, well, how do I position myself to to remind who, myself of who I am? And that's why I found out that um, I became fearful um, because I was out of my comfort zone. And then after some self-reflection, having a chat with my husband, um, I just told him that, you know what, I think I'm afraid and I'm going to create a community called Women Do Need Afraid. It didn't make that much sense then because for someone who's afraid, you obviously want to go away from the from the spotlight. You want to, you know, cower in and, and all of that. I was like, no, I'm going to face my fears head on. And even if I've never really built a community, I'm going to try this. And so that's how it started. It started as, you know, just inspiring women. Um, we had our first business, you know, business workshop. And it was surprising because everybody that came in wanted more, but they were all acknowledging the fact that, yes, they had fears. Um, and so our our 
premise is really about not just empowering women, but also giving them the tools. Because when women leave this event, when they leave inspired, they go back to that environment that is fear-filled, fear filled, right? And if they don't have the actual tools to overcome this fear or even overcome their overcome themselves or their limiting beliefs, it's it's almost like an unending, you know, toxic cycle. And so that, that's why we started Women Doing It Afraid. And so far we have women uh, workshops, we have women events, we coach women. Um, and right now we're helping women overcome fear so that they can get their books written, published and see their lives transformed. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. I love that. And I love that the name of your company and the platform is Women Doing It Afraid, not getting over your fear and then doing it, like jumping in, being afraid, right. because right. a lot of people think that, well, I have to figure it all out first. I have to right. I have to get everything in a row, my ducks in a row. I have to, you know, overcome all these things in my head. That's there. All There's always going to be something, I think. And so yeah. having the tools, having the knowledge and, you know, what you guys, the skills that you give the women that you work with to help them figure out how to do it, even when you are afraid, so that there's maybe a little bit less fear, but that taking action step that I think calms a lot of anxiety for people. So can you walk us through, I know that you mentioned kind of that agile mindset that you teach to your employees and also the women on the platform. So can you talk a little bit through how you developed that and kind of what it entails and what it means to you to kind of have that agile mindset. Okay. And, and before I even go into that, you talked about something really powerful when you talked about the name is women doing it afraid, not women. Do, you know, I've had questions in the past where, well, why, why is no women doing it boldly? Why is no women doing it courageously or fearlessly? And I say there, there's nothing wrong with that name. There are platforms and communities that, that have those names. But no matter how much we try to avoid the fact that fear exists, we're giving it more power. And so women doing afraid is not saying that the fear has power over us. It's saying in spite mm-hmm. of that fear, we are going to continue doing it. And so I've had, you know, people say, well, the name sounds, has a funny feeling. I'm like, well, it has a funny feeling because you have not faced that fear. And when you mm-hmm. face it, you realize, well, there has no hold over me, right? And to your question around, you know, agile mindset, you know, being an agilist through and through in my, in my, my career, um, the, the fundamental thing about Agile is being flexible and, you know, understanding that things will keep changing and keep evolving. There isn't any constraint on how far you can go and what your possibility looks like. And so if you take that in as a woman, you understand that you are becoming, there isn't an end to you, you know. I mean, that's where the conditioned mindset and the limiting beliefs mindset come in place when you say, well, um, I did it once and it didn't succeed. Well, you have to keep trying, right? And that's why we say practice makes progress. And that's the whole thing about agility is now a lot of companies are trending towards using the, using the agile methodology because they've realized that if we want to keep on par with what our customers want, we have to keep taking feedback from them because the wants of our customers keep changing. So if, if, if employer, employers and companies understand that, how about much more us as humans? Because we keep changing. If look, look at the times, look at the seasons, nothing truly is constant. Mm-hmm. And so having that agile mindset that, well, I might not be good at something yesterday doesn't mean that I can't be good at it tomorrow. So giving yourself that capacity of growth is where agility comes into play. Because over time, I've seen companies that have refused to move 
with the times and seasons, they go out of they go out of fashion. We don't hear about them anymore mm-hmm. because you cannot be stuck with a product. The product might be amazing right now, but tomorrow the needs of your customers can change, right? So even for us as women that come, you know, women that come into our platform or into our community, is I always remind them, you are becoming. That's why it says you are a human being, B-E-I-N-G, not B-E-N. You have never been before. You are becoming. So there's always that room for growth for you. And having that agile mindset gives you the, the courage to try new things. Mm-hmm. Gives you the courage to try new things, to put yourself out of your comfort zone, to fail fast, you know, to have honest conversations with yourself, you know, and to just expand on, on your capabilities, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the connection between agility for me and just what I do on the platform of women during the break. That's amazing. I I think there's so many things that come to my mind, not even just for our clients and the community that we serve in terms of the importance of having an agile mindset, because our bodies change in different seasons. We have different needs, right? And a lot of things that we share with, you know, our clients is the importance and the need to build muscle and resistance train, even though maybe they've always done cycling or yoga or, you know, bar classes, for example. But really, when we're looking at the longevity of life and what their body needs, we need some sort of resistance training. And it's very scary for people. But if they can get into that flexible mindset and be open to I've never done this before and I'm 40 years old, but I'm going to give it a shot. It doesn't mean that I can't become you know, a good lifter or find love for resistance training in this age. And I think that's just really important. And you know, even thinking about just our business and how we've grown and we've evolved, our program for women is actually called Evolve because we want them to be ever-changing and ever-growing and ever-improving. And so I just love that because I think it it's something in business that's very, very important and very powerful, but it's also in our own personal lives. How do we continue to have an open mind and be flexible? And like you said, we are beings. We are not Ben, right? Just because we're not good at something today, take this, you know, in any hobby that you want to apply it to writing, for example, I know you shared a little bit before we started recording, you have, you know, a couple of books that you've written and you had them, but now you're wanting to actually publish them and, and get them in hand. And so share a little bit about that. And, you know, some of the leaps of faith, I think that um, you've had to take with starting this platform, but also, you know, with publishing uh, your books as well. Absolutely. Um, so we published my books, right? My first book, I had the manuscript for like two years. <laughs> and it was a combination of um of women sharing their stories of overcoming fear. I wanted it to be a book where anyone who picks it up would definitely have the tools that it needed to overcome fear and also hear from other women who've overcome fear. One of the other reasons why I also started the Women Doing Our Free platform um was I had something I, I used to do called the Spotlight series. It's evolved since then. And the goal of the Spotlight series was to share the stories of women within our community who look seemingly successful, but they were not afraid to state the fact that they feel fear. Because I noticed over time that we do have, you know, this amazing stories of all these amazing women that are out there, we see them in the news, but oftentimes we feel like they are far away from us that we cannot connect to them. And so we say, we say things like, well, they had the education. Well, they had the family. They had the money or they had X, Y, Z. So we mm-hmm. create excuses on their behalf <laughs> so that we can stay within our comfort zone. And so my Spotlight series goal was to say, okay, if you think that those people are far out, you can't reach them. Let me look around our community and show you people that look like you, talk like you, behave like you, who are facing fear, but still doing it afraid, right? And so that's how I started. That's how I started the Spotlight series. 
And so that book was to showcase the stories of these women. Um, so anybody who picks it up can read it. But you know, for someone who was able to still the founder of Women Didn't Afraid, I had that manuscript for years and I was stuck. Why was I stuck? I, I, I think probably I was also dealing with fear as well because I was thinking, well, how would I get this out? Um, is this good enough? And all of that. And after I had my second daughter, I believe, um, as a mom, I got into a different phase and I'm very big on affirmations. And so when we're leaving the house, I will always want to affirm my daughter and I want to do that, but also teach her the alphabet. So we try to look for words that start with A, B, C, D. So like, say I'm amazing, I'm blessed and all of that, right? Sometimes I would get stuck on the words. I wouldn't know what, for example, what Z stood for. And because I'm a woman of faith, I was like, well, how come I haven't seen a book that talks about affirmations for kids from, you know, from that perspective? And in like a couple of days, I wrote this book down and I, I don't know what happened, but I went all in. And looking back, I think I, I know what changed for me was I realized that it wasn't just about me anymore. I had daughters mm-hmm. looking up to me. And one message do I want to give to my daughter that I had, I had dreams and visions and I let it sit in my Dropbox? No. Mm-hmm. So I had a book that was sitting in my Dropbox for two years. But for now, my kids, the book was out in like less than a year. <laughs> the motivation was different. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, and sometimes I feel like women feel like, well, because I'm not getting something out, it's not for me. Maybe just that season and that environment and that time is not the right time. Mm-hmm. Because when is the right time, you, you, you won't be able to sleep. And so when I got the second book out and I'm hearing moms thank me, sending me pictures, buying for their friends, using it, using it as birthday packs for their kids' birthday, grandmoms thanking me and all of that. I'm like, imagine if I never wrote that book for, for kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or seeing the smile on my daughter's face when she saw the, the draft copy and she, I mean, she, she loves the book. I was like, yes, I'm so sure there are other women out there as well. And there are, and there are, you know, and so, that's what I'm saying. No matter the excuses that you're saying, I'm like, I've been there. I've done that. And so what I've done now is create, create a seamless system for them where I hold you accountable to get your book. Because I know sometimes having that accountability partner to hold you through as you write your book is a big deal. Women will come up with excuses like we don't have the time. Mm-hmm. We're occupied. We have kids. I don't know what I'm writing. If it makes sense, that's okay. That's okay. I hold you accountable. And then we have resources put in place to help you edit the book, proofread the book, design the book. Then I help you put it on Amazon so that you can just get it out of your brain and into something tangible because you never know from, from having a book written, there are podcasts and there are speaking engagement and there's money, you know, and there's revenue and any, anything can happen. And so that's why we're doing the book right now. So for me, you know, for me, that was my leap of faith because I could have been stuck in, well, would anybody want to buy my affirmation book? Well, at that point in time, I didn't really care if anybody bought it. All I cared was about, I wanted my daughter to have a cord in her hand. Because she reads other books. So let her see a book where she can see her mom's face at the back. Do you know the kind of generational shift that's happening in her mind? Because that's too hard. That is normal. So tomorrow, when she's older, writing a book is not going to be something that is unattainable for her. It's kind of like, yeah, I grew up saying that. To me, that that. was a super important message I wanted to pass across to her. So that was a major leap of faith for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another major leap of faith for me was also starting the Women Doing Our Faith platform. Um, Honestly, because I was coming to an environment I didn't really know anybody um and so trying to create a platform trying to create a community trying to connect to other women um it was something that was stretching me out of my comfort zone but i'm glad that um i'm glad that i did it so yeah that's amazing I, first of all i need that book because i love that oh. idea for a child is, is it like a children's book technically or is it just yes. okay oh, it's, it's a kid's book so they have affirmations from a to z 
Um, and then, yeah, it's on Amazon as well, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah I definitely want to find that. Um, and I love that you talked a little bit about like, we give those people basically excuses on their behalf to say, this yeah. is why I can't do this. Because I think there's so many situations that we see that kind of paralleled in our, you know, world of health and nutrition of, you know, their genetics, or they don't have it as hard as me or whatever, you know, I have these, this many kids, they only have one kid, whatever it is. Um, and so showing stories because I think that inspiration factor of seeing other women do it and that's why we try to create a community with Fit Mom and we try to you know have on our group calls like have people converse with each other and this is you know let's let's talk about this teaching topic and how does this relate to everyone and get people on the same level because we can hear what other people are doing but we never actually dissect like what are their struggles what are they what have they worked through that have overcome because we just see the end product that seems great and we have no idea of how we are going to get there so are there any like actionable things that you do? I know you mentioned talking about having have women have honest conversations with themselves and are there any like key things that you take women through like steps or tips or you know questions that you have them ask themselves that you find really impactful for helping women kind of get beyond fears to an extent? Yes. Um one thing I like to do an exercise I like to take my 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 team or my community through is I get them to write down what they give up when they hold on to fear. Mm-hmm. What are the things you're dropping? Because you can't hold on to multiple things at the same time, right? You can't serve two masters. You can have one leg in and one leg out. What are you, when you hold on to fear so tightly, what are you dropping? And so when they do write that, some people are dropping opportunity for growth in their careers. Some people are dropping revenue, money, being financially independent. Some people are dropping quality time with their family. Some people are dropping, you know, childhood dreams that they've had. Some people are dropping great relationships. And so when they do, when they write all of that down, then I ask them to look at it real close and ask them, if today was your last day, would you think that this was worthy of you to have dropped? Yeah. I that love is that. the question that you have to answer for themselves. I love that. Is, is fear that valuable that you have to drop this? Mm-hmm. Is it really that valuable? Mm-hmm. Then that's the first question. The second part of that question is, what is the best that can happen if you drop fear and pick up that? That's awesome. So when, they understand, when, when that comes, when that begins to visualize in their mind, it gives them hope and some element of courage to at least start. Mm-hmm. And so how do we move that into tangible is now with this, what is the m- minimum step that you can take now? Forget about the big picture. Forget about the fact that you want to have maybe five thousand or more dollars in your account every month. How do we start now? What is the thing you have now? What are the tools and resources you have now that we can we can use and start towards achieving that goal? Right. That's the whole part. That's the whole concept regarding agility. Honestly, because agility is we don't have to have the whole picture. What requirements do we have now that we can use to build this? And as we're building, we're getting feedback from customers. We're getting feedback from stakeholders. And we're using that as input to make our, our products better. So what do you have now so that you can just start building? I mean, I did my affirmations book. I'm not saying it's the best, it's, 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 it's golden out there, but I can get feedback if I wanted to now, right? To make it better, if I wanted to do it in volume two, people have asked about, well, can we get affirmation book for teenagers? But imagine if I never did one for kids, how would I know that there's a need for teenagers? How would I know that, know that there's a need for um, affirmation cards? Mm. That is the feedback that we get. Yeah. Because we started. Right. And so that's what I use um, to kind of like get my get get just get the women out of that fear mindset and just being stuck. 
Yeah. I love that because I think when, as I was, you know, taking notes um, for today, I was thinking about what are some of the, like the most common fears, because I think there's a variety of fears that we can face, sure. whether or not we realize it or not until we take that, you know, internal self-evaluation, really ask ourselves like, what's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? What if I do this? What if I don't do this? You know, we really evaluate where those fears are stemming from. And I came, I kept coming back to one thing. And that was, you know, what if this doesn't work? Like that's kind of a big overarching fear, I think for many people. And it could be in anything. If someone decided to do, you know, a competition and, you know, what if I fail? What if I don't even place? What if I don't lose weight joining this program? What if my book doesn't sell? You know, what if I spend all this money and all this time and all this energy and effort and I publish it and no one buys it, right? It's that fear of the unknown or what if something won't work. But as you were saying before, you know, people are now asking for an affirmations book for teenagers. That's amazing. And like you said, if I didn't write this book for kids, I would have no idea that there's a need and a want from customers for this other book. So outside of that, I mean, do you see any common underlying, you know, fears that you hear from women, you know, besides they're worried that maybe this won't work, that their fruits, you know, won't, um, their seeds that they're planting won't turn into, you know, fruition and and bear fruit. So anything there that you've kind of seen in in terms of just common fears or themes? Mm -hmm. There's one, fear of success. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. We've talked about that before. Can you explain that a little bit further? Because a lot of people are like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? We can talk about the fear of failure more, but it's fear of success. Is that voice in our mind that tells us that we're powerful but we're afraid that if we get to that level can we actually sustain it so we'd rather play small and be comfortable and get the likes and the comments than stretch and look silly mm-hmm. right it's wanting to just be okay without trying to be extraordinary because the journey between okay and extraordinary can make you feel like you're losing well, losing because that's what it looks like outside, but there's something happening inside because the next step is extraordinary. And so for fear of success is, well, I don't know if I can sustain the success. So let me just let me just play it small. So that's why sometimes I, it's funny because when people look successful, when people look like they're doing great, and this is also from my own personal experience, when people look like they're doing okay, doesn't necessarily mean that they are out of their comfort zone. They probably are just excelling at their comfort zone within your genius zone, which is great. You know, and some, some coaches and I will tell you, well, operate within your genius zone. That's where things come to you flawlessly. That's where you don't have to strive and struggle. But sometimes you want to think about, well, let me stretch myself. What is out of that genius zone? Because I can't just cap it here. And the fear of success is, if my lights begin to shine, well, am I going to lose friends? Am I going to lose relationships? Um, am I going to lose, I don't know, you know, lose connections? Am I going to lose myself? And so we have this, am I going to lose? Am I going to lose? But these are questions that we can't answer if we don't try it at all, right? And, and it's also stemming from the fact that we don't trust ourselves enough. So I don't know if I can sustain this. So I prefer not to embarrass myself so that I can just be comfortable where I am. And one of the things that I think that also, that also contributes to fear of success is ego, right? We don't want to look silly. And so we choose the fact that we want to look okay to everybody. They are trying to look silly in the process of becoming. 
that's one of the things I realized really connects yeah. leads to fear a lot. Because if you're if you're not if you're afraid of failure and you ask some yourself some certain questions, because what I don't want people to think that I've tried and I failed. Well, are we talking about people here? Are we talking about the, the lives that can be changed because you tried? Mm-hmm. You know, this is where the, the, the honest questions really come into play. But one fear I've said I've seen again is fear of success is successful people just trying to push the envelope, just trying to push the envelope, right? Trying to do things, making mistakes and say, oh, you know what, that's okay. I'll keep trying again. It doesn't matter how I look, I'm trying. It's easier to, to scream from the sidelines, but those who are playing in there know, you know, know the stress and the pain that they go through. And that's that's what a lot of people don't want to commit themselves to doing. Yeah. I think I, that yeah, that's amazing. That's I I think a lot around people putting themselves out there and there's always those people that are just going to sit over on the sidelines and spew hate and, you know, judgment and whatever it is. And the main thing that has helped me a little bit, because Liz and I obviously put ourselves out there a lot with, you know, social media and trying to put our voice forward. And we do have like, you know, unfortunately in diet culture, there are very polarizing voices. And so when you have views on something and when you, you know, talk about education around something, there's always someone on the other side of, you know, that's not right. There's research against that there, you know, and so what I have tried to sit with is like, does this feel right in my gut? that I'm doing this and at least I'm putting myself out there. Like that person wants to sit there. They don't put anything out there. They don't, you know, and so like, at least I'm being courageous. At least I'm willing to fail and willing to, you know, receive that judgment, receive that criticism, whatever it is. Cause I also learn from those things too. You know, I always, I always try and absorb and take whatever people are, you know, saying or even judgmenting about. And so in that sense, I think you're so, so spot on with, people are so much more comfortable and especially in today's age, like sitting behind their computer or behind their phone and commenting hate or whatever it is. And no one wants to put themselves out there. And it's the people that put themselves out there that end up becoming something more. And you learn from it. You all, we always talk about like, you never fail. You never fail anything. You learn from things, you grow from things. The only way of failing is either not doing it at all or to quit completely. And so every time we've, you know, put ourselves out there or try different things. We have grown so much. If Liz and I were doing what we did five to seven years ago, we probably, I don't even know if this company would still be in existence because we would have been stuck and it wouldn't have been sustainable what we were doing. We wouldn't have grown as people, but we've continued to try new things. We've continued to, and some of them have not worked. <laughs> some of them have been, com- you know, not, I, I hate to say failures, but just not worked great. And so we've had to pivot. We've had to evolve from there. And so it is that ever growing journey of life. And, you know, like you mentioned, what I always try and ask people is like, well, what happens if you don't? What happens if you don't try new things and you don't, you know, take this new dive into this journey of something that you're not comfortable with? You stay stuck and you stay where you are, which seems to be for most people unhappy, unfulfilled. They don't have any purpose. They just kind of are floating along. Um, But they float along in that river of comfort, which is, I think is also kind of a toxic river um, that you just stay in and you continue to be unhappy. And so putting yourself out there, everyone that is listening is not easy. It is not always, you know, the most fun, but it is the most rewarding experience absolutely. ever. Absolutely. You, yeah, that was, that was absolutely spot on as well. I mean, you know, it's, it's about seeing each day as an opportunity to try something new or different or just stay consistent. Um, it's a gift, right? And we don't want to look back and say, well, I wish I did. 
Mm-hmm. Why don't you just try, right? And in, in as much as you're trying as well, understanding times and seasons, because maybe sometimes something is not for a particular time and season, that's okay. Um, but we've just been conscious of what your times and seasons are and doing what you just have in your heart to do. You will always know within your gut, like, okay, this is it. This is it. I thought about this for so long, you know, and it's interesting because over the years, I've seen most of my ideas evolve. I'm a very, very idea generated kind of person. And so I just realized, you know what, this idea I actually had a couple of years ago. It didn't materialize then, then, but it's, it's taking a new shape and form. The why is still the same, but the how might be different. And I've seen that play over and over and over again, you know, with me. Um, so I definitely, like you said, it's not about, it's not calling it failures. It's just, well, experiences and time and building capacity, right? Um, so that's what, something that we should always, you know, try to strive towards, honestly. Yeah. And just being a faith believer, but Beck and I are both faith believers. And I think, you know, this takes me back to, you know, the story in the Bible, you know, planting seeds. I truly believe that God plants seeds in your heart. And then, you know, if it's not the season or the time to work on, you know, watering that seed, you're still learning through your experiences between now. So let's say, for example, uh, for me, before I met Becca back in 2014, um, I had a desire in my heart to create a program that was going to touch women's lives. And my, you know, I hired a coach and I was working through things. And then, you know, three months into that, my mom got diagnosed with ALS and I had to step back and shift and, you know, take care of her. And, that desire was still there, but it just wasn't the season. However, I know there were many lessons inside of those two years before I met Becca that were preparing me to start watering that seed and then eventually growing and nourishing that desire of my heart. And so I think that's really powerful because like you said, I have ideas a few years ago, but it wasn't the season for it. And the why is still there and the desire is still there, but now the how is different. Now you have the tools because of your experiences and the lessons that you've learned along the way to actually bring it to fruition. And this is the season for it. And this is the time. And so I love that you brought that up because I think that's really powerful. A lot of people might think of something or have a desire in their heart and say, you know, I have two toddlers at home. This isn't the season or I'm in school. This isn't the season. And they just forget it and they leave it behind when in reality, that could be the stepping stone to you know, that next level that they want to get to. So let's kind of shift and transform here too, because I know when we're talking about the fear of success, we often see this in our world in the form of self-sabotage. People lose weight, they start feeling good, they gain a little confidence, but yet subconsciously, they don't really believe, they have a limiting belief that they don't deserve to actually get to that goal that they've set. For example, someone who wants to be 140 pounds and you know they were starting at 240, they get halfway and all of a sudden they start self-sabotaging because there is that fear of success. Like, what will I focus on if I got to my goal and I don't have to worry about this weight anymore and I can actually shift my energy into other things? And so that's very true in our world. Let's deep dive into limiting beliefs and kind of those old belief systems uh, that die hard because I know for me, there's still things that I remember that I was taught growing up by diet culture that I still have to fight and battle, you know? And I think probably with the women that you work with, you hear a lot of these things, um, maybe what ifs, or I did this in the past and it didn't work. So I have a limiting belief now that even with the tools and the experiences that I've gained, this won't work. So share a little bit about that and kind of how you help women overcome some of those limiting beliefs or dissect them, I should say. Yeah. So um, 
one thing I've learned through my coaching experience is the, the part that my clients play in changing their lives. A coach can only take you as far as he or she can take you, but you have to want it as much as they want it for you. Um, is that personal responsibility that you need to take for your own transformation. And it wouldn't happen all of a sudden. It wouldn't happen by maybe one coaching session. You might have breakthroughs and all of that. But you still have to play your part in sustaining that, right? I mean, we're leave, we live in such a busy world that being still is luxury. Mm-hmm. And so we pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up that we never truly really have the time to be still and, and ask ourselves these questions. Not only ask ourselves these questions, we don't stay still enough to hear the truth. We distract ourselves. And so with self-sabotage is if you truly, truly key into what it means to love yourself and understand that you deserve the best, you will put things, checks and balances in place to, have, to stop yourself from self-sabotaging. Only if you know what your patterns are. So, for example, I know I I I I love fitness. I love working out, but I know what my beauty pleasures are, and <laughs> I I see myself going towards there sometimes. And I tell my husband, "Don't buy this anymore," because we know when we buy it, we eat it. And so it's like you know what your patterns are. So going, it, it's almost like you know. And I'm so glad you said that, that you both of you are women of faith. And I'm, I'm sure somewhere in the Bible, I think it was Paul that said, "The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing." Is that internal battle that you have with yourself? And so having an accountability partner is super helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Say, well, I, I struggle with this. How can you hold me accountable? Having someone who believes in the best for you as well. Because some people don't believe in the best for you. Some people with their words can pull your confidence down. Mm-hmm. So having someone who sees where you want to go to, even if you don't look like it now, then hold me accountable. So that you can reach out to, to say, well, I'm struggling with this. I'm about to buy something to eat that has absolutely nothing to do with my, my goals. Can you talk me out of it? Or can we you know, get something in the house that can supplement that? Whatever it is that you need to do, checks and balances. Because it's not by magic. It's conscious and deliberate steps one day at a time. So that transformation is one step at a time. So for self-sabotage, for me, is letting the ladies know that, okay, so who, who is around you? Are they helping you sabotage yourself or are they holding you accountable, right? That's the first thing. Then the second thing is, let's talk about self-love and self-worth. Because when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, what you're telling your subconscious and your conscious self is that you don't respect yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't respect yourself. And in that way, there is no way that you can say that to yourself and expect that your actions and your attitude and your result will be worthy of respect. It affects every aspect of your life. If you don't respect yourself, you can't expect to go to work and be killing it there. Somehow it's going to seep into what you do or you, how you talk to people or the, the connections that you have. So do we truly self-love? Do we truly understand the worth of ourselves? And do we truly respect ourselves? Because if we do, we understand that we deserve the best things of life. We deserve health. We deserve, we deserve wealth. We deserve having a fulfilling and full life. We deserve being a blessing to other people. We deserve, you know, just having a wonderful home, a wonderful marriage of great kids. Mm -hmm. And what do I need to do to ensure that that environment is nurturing and happening for me so that I can live this life that I deserve. And this limiting mindset, again, like I said earlier on, is it wouldn't happen overnight because they're all conditioned from how we grew up. How I grew up is obviously probably not how you grew up. And things that I've been thought when I was growing up, I mean, I'm still trying to unravel and undo all of those limiting mindsets. 
I still am. So it's, it's never something that ends. Not only that, I have daughters. And so I'm, I'm asking myself as a mom, you've got to be so cautious of what you're teaching your daughters, making sure that you're not unconsciously transferring and limiting mindset to them. Because how they grew up is not how I grew up. How I grew up is not how my mom grew up. But all of this is passing from one generation to another generation. That's why I'm saying you've got to be so still enough to, to, to hear the truth. Because you, you can't lie to yourself. You can, lie to, you can lie to everybody, but you can't lie to yourself. And so those answers is, can you sit still enough to go to the root cause as to why do I always mess up when it's my time to shine? Why do I always say no when I'm supposed to say yes? Why am I given opportunities? And then I say, well, um, I don't think I can do it. And I refer somebody else. Why is it that I'm about to get to my goal weight? And then at the, just the last hour, I decide to go all frenzy. Why do I do that? Mm-hmm. your coach can't answer that question for you they can lead you towards the answer but you need to answer that question for yourself mm-hmm. there's so many good things in there that liz and i were nodding our heads quite a bit towards that <laughs> we say the exact same things to our clients and i think the thing about self-love and how when you say you are going to do something and then you do not do it you are repeating behaviors you are repeating routines and subconsciously telling yourself you don't keep promises to yourself and that's never going to build confidence. And so a lot of what you mentioned, I was thinking around like confidence and these actions and, you know, being willing to fail and being comfortable fail. These are all skills. These are all things that you have to develop by doing them. You are not just going to wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I'm going to be okay with failing today. I'm, I think I'm going to be okay with it. It's going to be doing it terrified probably realizing the world didn't end, realizing you can get up from it and keep moving forward, realizing that there's really not much you can not come back from, and then continuing forward with that and continuing that skill. And that's, you know, you have to just act. You have to just take that step forward because otherwise you will stay in that place that you're at right now. That probably isn't a place that you're comfortable at. That probably isn't a place you're extremely happy at. But it's understanding that these things we're talking about are not these magical characteristics that certain people hold and other people don't. They're simply things that certain people have decided, I'm going to try and realized I can do this actually, or that wasn't that bad, or I failed, but that's okay, and I'm going to keep moving forward. It's that skill. It is something that you have to do to develop. It's not just something that is magically thrust upon you. Um, but I love that you know sometimes hearing it from different people can be much more you know a different impact. Uh, so I'm so glad that you kind of resonate with the very similar message that Liz and I talk a lot about. Yeah, we're the only ones that stand in our way. That was the biggest epiphany for me, you know, when I was restarting my journey, because I had lost weight, and then I gained it back and I had lost weight and then gained more back. And I finally came to the realization, I'm the only one that's standing in my way. I'm the only one that's continuing to self sabotage. When I get happy at the scale, or I get mad at the scale, I would self sabotage, right? I'd be frustrated, eat all the things, or I'd be happy, I deserve the things, you know, and then I had to finally come to the conclusion of, This cycle will never end until I take ownership and I take accountability and I start showing up differently to those triggers. I start responding differently because the triggers are always there. No matter how far in you are to a journey or to a business, the triggers are there. The limiting beliefs still pop up. The fear still pops up, right? We always say like new levels, new devils. You get to the next level, now you got a totally different set of fears that you have to conquer and overcome. And so it's the willingness to stay flexible, to stay committed 
to your goal, to whatever it is that you have that you want to accomplish, be it writing a book, starting a business, you know, whatever it is. And so I would love for you to kind of just share a little bit about, um, you know, what you guys do uh, at, you know, women, um, you know, overcoming fear because, or in your program, because I think that that's really helpful for people who, we have a lot of clients that have worked with us who, realize how toxic their job is or their environment, um, you know, of the career that they're in right now. And they've either left or they've, you know, started studying a different, um, you know, hobby, learning a new hobby that they could now leave and maybe, you know, start a business on their own. And so I think there may be some people that um, this would resonate with that could reach out and, you know, maybe participate or go through your program to help them overcome these fears. There's one particular client, um, she finished our program a few months ago and it comes to my mind that she's like, I have this passion of helping people organize and clean out and declutter their homes. And I said, well, why don't you just start joining some Facebook groups? Why don't you reach out to someone in the community who maybe has this business? Or maybe it's not our community, but it's someone you found online and start being mentored by that person. Because there's no reason you can't. There's no reason you can't turn that into you know a very valuable, profitable, profitable business and be happy every day instead of sitting behind a desk, crunching numbers, doing a job that you hate because we only have one life. And so, you know, share a little bit about what your coaching is, how people can connect with you and any other thing that you would like to, um, you know, say to our audience before we wrap up today. Thank you so much. Um, So one thing I'm going to say to the audience before I talk about how you can connect with me is um, sometimes when you feel that you start a journey and you stop halfway, you start a journey, you stop halfway, you begin to doubt your your resilience, your power of resilience, or you begin to doubt yourself. Um, another thing I've learned from my experience is sometimes maybe that journey is not yours um, because we live in a very visual world and we can see someone doing something and we think, well, I can do that as well. And then we start. But their commitment level is not quite the same as our commitment level. They might be ready to go through the whole journey and go through the Red Sea and all of that, but we might not have that commitment yet. And so always looking back as to, well, why did I start this? Why do you want to start this? Why do you want to start this business? Why do you want to write the book? You know, so that's one of the things I ask the ladies in the book club is, why do you want to write the book? What, what is the message? Because if your why is truly anchored, um, no matter what the wind or the storms that come across you, you will still, you know, you still stay, stay put. You know, and so that's something I want to leave with, with everyone is understanding what your why is. And everyone has their own why, right? Why is might be similar, that's okay, you know, but there's something that is driving you and that is unique to you. And that should be always be front of mind for you as to, well, I have to do this because this is what is driving me. How I do it might be similar to other people, but this is what is driving me. Um, and for those who probably want to connect with me, absolutely. We are on all social media platforms uh, at Women Doing It Afraid. We have our website at www.womendoingafraid as well. Uh, we have a Facebook group, Women Doing Afraid. That's a good place for you to join. Although we are transitioning to something we call the Discord app. It's an app, um, Discord app. We're going to open. We have a channel on there as well for Women Doing Afraid. Um, so if anyone wants to you know, sign up for our coaching programs, I have two going on right now, which is the Fearless Author Club. So helping women move from having ideas in their mind to a book in their hand 
and that is a 12 weeks program. So it's literally end to end. You have the accountability portion of it. They have the book pro um, production portion of it and they have the book publishing portion of it. So you have someone holding you step by step by step. You never feel alone. And the other part we also have is overcoming fear coaching program, which is six weeks. So from the beginning to the very end, we identify what those fears are. We come up with tangible tools so that whenever those fear seems like you want to get triggered again, you know exactly what to do. But the whole goal is whatever that fear is stopping you from doing, by the end of the six weeks program, you are starting. So you are leaving, starting either that business or you're leaving probably knowing how to apply for promotion at work because you felt like if I apply, I wouldn't get that promotion. So that whole program is just helping you overcome fear but giving you the tangible tools to start what that fear has been trying to stop you from starting. So that's our six weeks overcoming fear program. Um, and yeah, and that's how, that's how you can get, it, get in touch with me or sign up to one of our programs. Yeah. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.